Welcome to the Smart Business Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Imoff Flores, and the Smart Business Podcast is the place for entrepreneurs to get an advanced mindset and skill set to build and grow a business that can scale in a big way. SMART is an acronym that stands for a scalable, mission-driven business that's automated with revenue streams all run by a team. And so if you would like to learn more about how to build a smart business or get coaching, consulting in this area or done for you services, go ahead and start by getting our free smart business formula guide at smartbusinessformula.com. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Smart Business Show. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Jasmine Womack. She's the CEO and founder of the Impact Group and best-selling author of Publish and Paid. Today, we're going to be talking about how to write and monetize your book in less than 90 days. Jasmine, actually, I know you guys can't see it right now because you're listening, but she has a wall full of all of the authors that she's published. And I was telling her before this interview, I said, Jasmine, I bet you all of those stories don't come out of people without your help. And we both agreed because the reality is, is you have a story inside of you, but you've been wanting to get it out. How do you do that? How do you publish it? How do you write a book and get it out? in not a year, not two years, in 90 days. Jasmine, we're so happy to have you on the show. What's up? What's up, Adam? Everyone, super excited to be here. Yes, absolutely. Well, you got to start out by telling us, how did this whole thing come about? To write a book is amazing, but to do it in 90 days is even more amazing. Tell us how that all came about. (laughs) Well, it was actually a process. (laughs) Um, Well, I had wanted, I've always been a writer, first and foremost, um, ever since I was a teenager. And so when I got in college, I started hanging around a group of people and they were writing uh, these books called chapbooks. So they were like books of poems and they were just really organically created. I'll say that. (laughs) So like stapled together, designed, stapled together. You know, the cover was designed cardstock. We literally put them together by hand. We would sell them at the homecomings. And so My friends, um, it was actually my boyfriend at the time and one of his friends, they had done this. And I'm like, you know what? I'm a much better writer than they are. (laughs) And I've always wanted to do this, but they had the confidence that I lacked. So I always and, and, and so I always said that I would move forward to publish my book. But when I did it, I did want it to have a certain level of quality and professionalism. So fast forward post college. Here I am working on this book. I'm saying I'm writing this book you know, several years go by and the whole time I was working on it. Right. But I had started, stopped it, started. I would start overthinking it as I was writing, trying to edit as I was writing. I would, you know, ball up the papers, delete the entire manuscript, start all the way over. Right. (laughs) And so I'm like the whole time I'm telling coworkers, I'm telling people, Hey, I'm working on a book. I'm working on a book. And every year the book never happens until it was probably, like my seventh or eighth year teaching and my assistant principal, she came around and she was asking us to get a copy of her daughter's book. Her daughter was like, um, I think she might've been in, might've been somewhere between an upperclassman in high school and in college. And she had written a book about her international travels. And I said, my goodness, like I literally have no excuse because if this teenager can do it, what literally is holding me back? I, I knew it wasn't the skill that was holding me back. It was something else holding me back. So fast forward um, to my second marriage <laughs> and I was pregnant with my son and I was at home on bed rest. 
And I said, you know what? Like something's got to change because um, I don't want to be in the same position a year from now. Position in me, meaning in terms of career, income, that type of deal. And so I said, I've been working on this book. I know that I've been spiritually assigned to write this book and I've procrastinated on it, right? Um, it had been prophesied to me and all these things that you have a book that you write. Like people didn't know anything about me that were telling me right. that I had this book I needed to write. And so got, I got to the point, I was sitting there looking at four walls every day and I was on bed rest with my son at six months. And I said, you know what? Um, let me stop playing around and finish the book. And literally <laughs> it was a shift in mindset. It was a simple decision that I said, I'm going to finish in 12 days later. I finished my book and released it um, a few months later. And that was the beginning of the rest of my life. <laughs> like I ended up making about, uh, I hit six figures shortly after that, ended up leaving my job and the rest is history. <laughs> so powerful. I, there's a couple of things that you had said that stood out to me. One is that you had a soul calling to write a book. And I think that anybody who is, you know, anybody who writes a book, right, it often comes from that place. You feel like this message in you that needs to be birthed. And it's almost like carrying around a baby. Like you're almost pregnant with a message. And it's like you need to get it out. And the longer it doesn't come out, the more you think about it, then maybe you start it and then you stop it. So for those who are listening to this, who have a message, who've been thinking about writing that book, how should they go about thinking about writing their book? I was able to get out of my own way when I stopped thinking about writing the book and I just made the decision to do it. So, so that means that I stopped overthinking the process and I sat down and I got it done. So that looks like really a brain dump. Like you start with your, I started with my outline and I wrote down everything I needed to say about my topics. And I realized that it was perfectionism and fear that had held me back all those years, right? So it was the desire to be perfect the first time around. And even though I was a language arts teacher at the time, your first draft is never your final draft. And there I was trying to make the first draft a polished draft instead of just getting my thoughts out. And when I followed the same processes that I taught <laughs> and that I knew, and I just got my thoughts out, I was able to, to get it done. And, um, and, and I realized that I had to relinquish the fear, the fear of what other people were going to think, the fear of, okay, I'm writing the book, but the fear of not knowing the next step and the fear of failing. Um, I am a high achieving individual, always have been, and uh, failure really isn't in my vocabulary. <laughs> and so here I was going into a new territory that I didn't know much about besides the books that I had read. Um, and I didn't know what the other side was going to look like, but I knew that I had to move forward. Now, now, one of the things that a lot of people run into when they start writing is, some, you know, everything is great until you get writer's block. So how do you get past that as a writer and get your books finished? Um, great question. So one of the things that I've realized, and this is something that my, my clients often come into contact with, too, is that generally when you have writer's block is normally because of perfectionism or fear, right? Um, 
Perfectionism, meaning that you're trying to be perfect as you write, you're trying to edit as you write. And fear, meaning that you are scared of what people are going to say. Maybe you're scared about, you know, uh, tapping back into a certain experience in your life. You know, maybe you're scared of, you know, sharing certain things and you're, you're not quite sure how it will be taken. So one of the changes and shifts that I had to make was that I had to decide to let the editor do their job. So there's an entire writing process that you go through, right? There's the pre-writing, there's the actual drafting, there's the revising, and then um, there's the editing. And then there's, of course, you have to revise the edits as well. And then you have your final draft. And so, of course, the draft part, which is your first version, that is not your final version. So I had to draft my, my manuscript and I had to be okay with it having errors. When it went into the editing and revision part, that's when I had to pay an editor, a qualified editor, and I had to be, I had to allow them to do their job. I wasn't editing my own work, even though I had a background in language arts. I'm just going to say what I need to say and trust the editor to do what I'm paying them to do, and I'll handle the rest later. So, yeah, when I when I took that mindset, uh, when I made that mindset shift and, and took that stance on writing, I was really able to get my thoughts out. Yeah. The other thing that I had to do was that I had to stop caring about what people are going to think. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's, that's yeah. big because you know when I was when I was writing my book the first time around, one of the biggest mistakes that I that I made is that you know I had given myself six months to a year to write the book. And what happened is that I grew as a person as I was on that journey. So then I would want to put in new stories. I would want to put in new information, but because it had been so long, I would have to go back and reread that chapter to see if I put in that, if, to see the information would fit. So then I would start writing and they'd be like, oh my gosh, but then I would have to read the other chapters to make sure it had context. And I would go through this process of constantly wanting to like add you know, information and stories to my book because so much time had gone by and I was inspired by all these different things. So it got to the point where my book just felt like it was never ending. And I just said, you know what, I'm going to rewrite this because I just forgot what was in it. And I sat down for three weeks and I just rewrote the whole book in three weeks. The problem was that I didn't understand the editing process. So mm -hmm. I'm thinking I finished the book. Well, I sent it to an editor. It comes back with red ink <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh. I have a lot of work to do. So had I had the team in place or advisement, I probably could have gone through that second phase of editing so much cleaner. Um, but nonetheless, I finished the book in three weeks, but it really took me six months to publish because I was procrastinating on the editing. So it's a real thing, you know, it's a real thing. So I recommend writing it fast because it allows you to get all of the things that are in you out with who you are now. And it allows you to not forget what you wrote about. So you don't have to go back and reread to see if what you're writing about has context. So that's absolutely. And that's a great point. Um, and uh, something else to add to that is to remember that everything doesn't have to go in one book. So you can you, you may grow as a person, but that information may go in the next book, you that's know, right. So <laughs> that's right. Now, now, one of the big misconceptions is that if you write a book, it's going to make you successful or rich. Um, that's not exactly how it works. Can you give us insight on how a book is used to grow a business? Because I think ultimately that's what a lot of clients 
don't understand, but you help them understand how to really monetize it so it can make them wealthy. It can make them rich. Tell us about that. Absolutely. So, I mean, if you look at a book, a book is a low end product, right? might range anywhere between 15 and $25 for, you know, standard prices. So in order to make a lot of money from just the book, you will have to have a huge audience and sell a ton of books. Um, A lot of people that I work with don't have large audiences, but are still able to monetize the book. And so the way that I teach it and the way that I approach books is by using your book as the beginning of your funnel. (laughs) So, yes, um, it's, it's a scalable product because you create it one time. You can sell it over and over again. You can sell the ebook version. You can sell the audiobook version. You can sell you know, the paperback version or whatnot, but having the book itself definitely positions you as an authority in your, on your uh, topic and in your industry, because so many people coach or speak on certain topics, but yet they never package their information into a book. Also, unlike other lead magnets that we may see floating around on the internet, a book has an inherent value. So once someone purchases it, They're literally, they're either going to download it or read it. They're not going to throw it away. They will give up, someone will give a book away before they toss it. (laughs) You know, they'll give a book away before they just forget about it. So if you have like some type of lead magnet, like a checklist or let's see, some type of PDF, downloadable PDF, people download those and they get stashed away in the email lists that never gets open. But once someone purchases your book, it's literally, it might be in their purse, on their shelf. It's going to be somewhere until they get to the point where they're hurting bad enough when they're going to go look at it. So they may not read it immediately, but eventually they will. And so what you want to do is to have what I call money marketing magnets throughout your book that's going to lead people back to Mm -hmm. your site, to your email list, um, so that you can begin actually building and nurturing the relation, nurturing the relationship with them that was started when you began, when they began reading your book. So that's how I approach. Oh, so good. Yeah. And, you know, a book really helped me on my path to making my first six figures, because, you know, one of the things that I would do is, first of all, they'd introduce me when I would speak anywhere as a bestselling author, which was super awesome. But also when I would give a speech at the end of my speech, I always had the back of the room in line, lined up, right? Absolutely. And all the other speakers wouldn't have that, right? And and so everyone would always ask, Adam, how do you always get people running to the back of the room versus like, you know, I feel bad sometimes because like I would maybe sometimes steal the audience from like the main speaker, right? And it was because what I would do is I would always say, hey, anybody who, and then say my call to action was to book a, a discovery call with our team. Anybody who books a discovery call, I'm going to give you a free copy of my book. I'll see you in the back. I only have 10 copies for the first 10, right? So it'd be like a rush to the back of the room, right? And you end up having all this line and then everybody else gets in line because they want to be able to, you know, book that call. So, you know, it's, um, it's amazing. Also, when you're selling an event, like if you ever want to sell tickets, right? It's like, hey, anybody who buys tickets, I'm going to give a copy of my book today, so it's just a great value add to additional offers that I've used my book for. And, uh, and it always feels good if you do have a speaking engagement, you could charge more for your prices because 
you may give a book to the whole audience as a part of your package. Absolutely. Absolutely. That adds value. So it just comes in. It's like the gift that keeps on giving. And then when it comes, if you're a coach or consultant, you can charge higher prices because of the brand value that you bring to the marketplace. It's like you're a best-selling author. They're not just hiring anybody. They're hiring the expert. Would you want to hire the guy who says they can help you? Or would you rather hire the guy who's the best-selling author in the area that you can help them in? Of course, you're going to hire the best-selling author, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so Absolutely. so I, I don't mean to sell it for you, Jasmine, but it's just helped make a lot of money for me. And I think that a lot of people times, it's a lot of times people sleep on the book because they only focus on making the online course because their argument sometimes is like, well, you know, people don't read books anymore. That's not true. It's not true at all. And, and you have true. to still get people, you have to still get people to your course and you have to get people to the point where they are willing to invest in the course and, or, or your coaching program. And there's no other, there's no better conversion um, tool than a book. hundred percent. That is like, so good. It, yeah, so it good. Is. It, it is. And I'm on the ad side of it, Jasmine, and I could see the conversion when we run traffic to a downloadable book, it converts at the lowest cost than any other lead magnets that we've, we've marketed. So it's, it's powerful, right? There's something to that. Now with that, um, it was something I wanted to share on, I lost my thought. Okay. I'm going to turn it back to you. So, 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 so monetizing the book, right? Uh, oh, I know what I was going to say the legacy part. I think that it's not just about the most fulfilling part about writing the book is not just the money that you're able to make from it, but it's about getting what's inside of you out, knowing that you're going to be able to pass it down for generations to come. Talk about that and, uh, and what that, what that perspective is for you. Oh, that's a deep one for me personally. You know, I have school age children and one of the, you know, I'm always in my daughter's ear, you know, about, you know, just going after her goals and things. But uh, she totally warmed my heart one day when she came in and she showed me what she wrote. It was something in class. And she was like, uh, she wanted to be like me because I was an author. I helped people write books and help people do all these things, right? And so I look at at, at books in terms of legacy. Um, Not only is it setting an example for my children and, you know, others, but it's the one thing, like I said, that you create that stands the, the test of time. Like if you look over in, in, in history, you know, there, there are libraries, there are books, <laughs> you know, that have literally lasted centuries. And, and for me, in terms of legacy, I found out um, in the middle of the pandemic in 2020, from my, uh, my, my first cousin that I didn't grow up around, <laughs> he posted something on Facebook, right? And uh, I, he posted something on Facebook about one of our family members, my great, great, great grandmother. And so I looked at the article and then I went and did some digging and I discovered that my great, great, great grandmother actually started her own publishing house back in 1921. And I'm like, man, like, her, her, just the work that she did a uh, 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 hundred years ago, literally has traveled bloodlines, right? Has traveled generations to where I, even though my biological father wasn't in my life, it's still in me. And I'm literally picking up the torch and doing that and, and, and following in her footsteps. And so I, I say to anyone, like, you don't know what type of shift you are creating 
when you decide to package your expertise and share your story, you don't know what this is going to mean for those coming after you and, and how this will even change the dynamics of your own family by saying, hey, you know, well, this person was an author. They built this. They built that. This is in my bloodline. This is what I come. This is the stock that I come from. Mm. I absolutely know that I can do whatever it is that I need to do because of the seeds that were planted before me. So mm-hmm. that's good. It's just shifting. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Jasmine, this has been so fun. I've just so enjoyed our time together and wish we had more time. Uh, but why don't you tell our listeners where they can get in touch with you? You have a quiz that you like to you know, help people take so that they can know what steps are next for them. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I have a quiz. So if you're trying to build your business, grow your career or build your brand, and you're trying to figure out what type of book you can write, I have a quiz that you can take to figure that out. So you can go to www.startmybookquiz.com. There it is. We're going to put that in the description below. You can go and click on it. Jasmine, thank you so much for being with us. We're also going to put your Instagram handle for people to go follow you. She has an amazing Instagram, by the way. And um, just you're such an inspiration. And I love that you're not just inspiration, but you have a great, great process to help people get their message out as well. So if you are listening to this, you have a book in you. It's yet to come out. Reach out to Jasmine. Get your book out because the world is waiting on it. There's so many books left to be written and we don't want to take them to the grave. We want to get them out while we're here on earth to get our message out. So Jasmine, thank you so much for being with us. And to all of you listening, make sure to share this episode. Subscribe if you haven't already. Give us a six star rating. I think there's only five stars, but give us a six star. And until the next episode, we'll see you later.